if we can turn our Bibles to Psalm 37. And what I'd like us to do, we're going we're to read through it, and then um, I'm going to explain a few points or break it up in a way that we can get through it. So Psalm 37, this is New King James Version I'm reading. 37, Psalm 37. Okay. Uh, and it reads, Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Seize from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret, it only causes harm. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plots against the just, and gnashes at him with his teeth. The Lord laughs at him, for he sees that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy, to slay those who are of upright conduct. Their sword shall enter their own heart and their bows shall be broken. A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked, for the arms of the wicked shall be broken but the Lord upholds the righteous. The Lord knows the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. But the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord, like the splendor of the meadows, shall vanish. Into smoke they shall vanish away. The wicked borrows and does not repay, but the righteous shows mercy and gives. For those blessed by him shall inherit the earth, but those cursed by him shall be cut off. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I have been young, and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging bread. He is ever merciful and lends, and his descendants are blessed. Depart from evil and do good, and dwell forevermore, for the Lord loves justice and does not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever, but the descendants of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell in it forever. The mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom, and his tongue talks of justice. 
The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. The wicked watches the righteous and seeks to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand, nor condemn him when he is judged. Wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you shall see it. I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a native green tree. Yet he passed away, and behold, he was no more. Indeed, I sought him, but he could not be found. Mark the blameless man and observe the upright, for the future of that man is peace. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The future of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble, and the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. It's a big psalm, like I said, but what I've done is just to break it down into parts. And so I have three titles. And um, if they could be showed up, this is just to break it up, just for you to understand. So what we will be dealing with today is just in them sections. So you have do not fret. And then we've got the lifestyle of the righteous and the wicked and inheritance and judgment. So just beginning with do not fret. Like we see here in verse 1, the Lord says... Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. It's, it's the Psalm of David, if you do not know that. And like David and many of the people in the scripture, their experience and their life shows that they know what they're talking about. They have enough to, to testify and to show that being through life and their experience and what God has brought them through is a testimony to his word and his faithfulness. And here we have straight, straight away, we have do not fret because of evildoers. And this is for us. It's for those who choose to believe in the word of God, who are believers in the word of God, and we're reminded to not fret. And not fret is to do with more than just not, be, not uh, being worried, but it's to really do with to burn, if you burn in anger. And when I was looking through it, I thought, okay, all right. You know, and we're being told here not to fret, to not burn with anger to not fume, to not be vexed, yeah? And it's interesting because it's like, we get angry and we get, we get vexed and you get frustrated. But we're being told here, don't do that because of evildoers, yeah? We're being reminded not to do that. And this, to begin with, is a commandment. Yes, it's been spoken through David, but as we should believe, 
those who God used, the Spirit of God spoke through them. And that, and we know that because in other parts of the Bible, we are reminded, like in Second Peter, and also in Second Samuel, chapter twenty-three, we're reminded that the Spirit of the God of God speaks through His chosen people, and He's speaking here to remind us, you know, don't fret, don't burn with anger. Don't become indignant because of evildoers. And you can think about many, many of us can think about many things that can get you frustrated because of something. Whether it's you're being annoyed by a situation that's happening in your personal life or things that may be happening around us which seem to be going on and on and as if there's no resolvement done about, about that situation. And we're just being reminded here not to fret because of evildoers and also not to be envious. The psalm I read at the beginning was Psalm 73 and someone who is also used by God, Asaph, he was being vexed and upset because of he's looking at people who don't believe in God and the wicked and just people just going about their business as if all my as if all his effort in trying to serve God or trust in God and he's thinking seems like they have no problem they have no worries they even being quite prosperous in what they're doing. You know, it seems like even everything that they do, it's like, wow, they're, but what's going on? You know, he's, he's, been, he's been caught up in a situation. He's like, why? Why is this happening? And then he, it's like, or being envious of them. And here it says, workers of iniquity. And that's, that's quite something if you think about it, workers of iniquity. Iniquity, sin. They work at it. <laughs> it's, it's work. It's like they, they put in an effort. You know, I mean, it's not, it's not really a common thing to find someone who's doing such things to, you know, who, oh, I'm so, how often do you hear someone saying, I'm so tired of doing wicked things? You know, you don't, you don't, it's not like, oh, I'm so tired of doing wicked, of being evil. You know, no, I've often thought, like, how do the, how do people who are wicked, how do they sleep at night? How do they get up the next day? I don't know if it's crossed your mind, but it's crossed my mind. Persevering in doing wicked and it doesn't have to be the obvious wicked things. It could be those things that we don't see. But we know that that's not right. That's whether it's fraud or it's manipulating someone, being quite cheeky about it, smart about it, behind the curtain, nobody sees. And they're prospering and they're carrying on. But we're being told here, 
for us who believe and trust God. If you believe and trust God, don't get angry about it. Don't get about it. And then don't be envious about it. What if I start doing like what they're doing? Will I be able to do that? Can I, what? I mean, then nothing's happened to them. Oh, I think I can have a, a go at this as well. But then we can see, as we follow on there, in verse 2, it says, For they soon shall be cut down like the grass. So, we can see here in this psalm, there's, they're like patterns, they're like connected. Being envious of them is one thing, but then it's to remember that soon they shall be cut down like the grass. And that's there for us to be reminded that God shall carry out what he says. So still, this is just dealing with things that we should not fret. So if we look to, for example, if we go now to verse 7, we're told there, the first part reads, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. And then the rest of it comes back to the, the issue of fretting again. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. And they're wicked, and it's like the person is succeeding in what they're doing, and you're thinking, okay, you know, Lord, the Lord is bringing this to light to us. They're getting away from it, getting away with it. Verse 8, it reminds us again, seize from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret, he says it again. Do not fret, it only causes harm. And when you think about it, it does cause harm. Have you ever been so frustrated by something to the point that sometimes it, comes, it becomes visual on you, that you're frustrated? Some of us are very good at hiding it. It's not until you poke us a little bit more than you realize that, what is the matter with you? I'm frustrated! That's what's the matter with me! Yeah? But for some of us, we can't hide it no more. It's on your face. It's visual. I'm a Christian! And I'm frustrated. Yeah? And a reminder here, cease from anger. Now, anger is not a bad thing. But when you don't cease from anger, it becomes that fire in which it just destroys everything and then when it's destroyed it's like maybe I shouldn't have done that the aftermath it's like ah, maybe I shouldn't have done that so I'm not sure if we're angry this morning sometimes Christians do come to church angry and if you want another reference in regards to verse 8 it's popular passage Ephesians chapter 4 Verse 26, in which it talks about sleeping with anger. God help all of us with that. Verse 27, if you look at verse 27, still dealing with the issue of 
not fretting, not being angry. We're reminded in verse 27, depart from evil and do good and dwell forevermore. So we're being encouraged because he's telling us to depart from evil, which only tells us also that it's possible for you to be involved in evil things without you knowing it. We're being told here to depart from it. Depart from it and do good. So it's like, oh. And doing good is challenging in the world that we find ourselves now as well. Doing good, saying good, responding in the right way against the cultures that we find ourselves in nowadays. Doing good. Oh, why are you such a good people? You may, it's quite an old saying, but it's like, why are you such a goody, goody two-shoes? Always looking to do good, be good. No, it's good. Because God is good. It's good. We're being reminded to do it because God tells us to do it. He also tells us, is it in the book of Galatians, that don't be, we- don't be weary of doing good. Because you, you get weary. It's like, I'm tired. Like I said, on the other side, there are people who are, they don't go, oh, I'm tired of doing evil things. They carry on. So as a child of God, we should be like, no, this is good. God, strengthen me. Strengthen me to keep doing good, to carry on. So that's just dealing with in regards to not being fret, you know, not being angered, not being consumed, not being vexed. Now, just dealing with the issues of, um, just going to pick a few because they're quite big sections, but in regards to the lifestyle of the righteous and the wicked. If we look at verse 3, it's also popular in a lot of the Proverbs and in other parts of Psalms. Verse 3, it says, trust in the Lord, and we're reminded again, do good. Trust the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Trust, reliance on the character, ability, strength, or truth of someone or something. Yeah? And there's no bigger person than our God who is definitely, if you look at the character, if you look at who he is, what he said, what he's promised, he has come through. The, the very reason that we are here today is because of a very, of one particular man who believed God in what God told him from the beginning. And that man wasn't perfect, but he believed God. And God carried it out through him. Through that one man who was almost considered dead. And God still through him causes many people from many nations to be blessed. I think that is amazing. I think that is so huge. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Which is good because it says feed on his faithfulness. Despite the situation of the land or where you are, 
God is telling us to feed on his faithfulness. Not what's going around you, which cannot be always trustworthy or always, you know, finding results. But to be in that land and to feed on his faithfulness. How do you feed on his faithfulness? Well, we have the word of God, and we should feed on that. As he told Joshua, and he's telling us, feed on that. Trust in that. On his faithfulness. Delight, verse 4, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Delighting in the Lord. A high degree of gratification or great pleasure and joy. That's delight. Not a fake kind of being happy all the time, but something that causes you to be like, no, this is the joy of the, we, we sing it, the joy of the Lord to be our strength. If that's not there for you, ask for, ask for the Lord to restore the joy of his salvation, which is a big thing to be joyful about, that you are saved. That's a wonderful thing to be reminded all the time, remind on that and to think on that. If we, like I said, there's quite a few references in regards to this, but if we go now to verse 21, if we look at verse 21, we'll see that it says, this is in regards to the wicked now. It said, the wicked borrows and does not repay, but the righteous shows mercy and forgives. Are you a giver? Are you merciful? Do you practice those things? Do do you continue to carry that out? In another part, it says about, in verse 26, it says, he's ever... This is about the righteous or the person who believes in God. He is ever merciful. It even emphasizes it more to say that all the day, all the time, he is merciful. That doesn't mean that you're a a walkover or you don't have intelligence or you don't know when to say no, but you practice mercy. Yeah? You're merciful and gives are you you giver? And for those of us who who love to uh, trust God, are we like it says in the book of First Corinthians? Are you a cheerful giver? Or in Second Corinthians, I, pardon me, Second Corinthians is about being a cheerful giver to God, not just in what we do for other people, but to God. Do you cheerfully give to God, or are you just a taker? Take, 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 take. Sometimes people don't say thank you, it's just. And then say, oh, you're welcome. God help us. Okay, if we look at verse 28. Verse 28. It reads, for the Lord loves justice and does not forsake his saints. 
they are preserved forever, but the descendants of the wicked shall be cut off. So the Lord is faithful, yeah? And he above all people loves justice. With all the injustice that we see in this world, and sometimes we want something done now, the impatience of things, we want something done now, 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 justice now, on a particular situation. Especially for us who are Christians, we should be reminded that it's about God's timing. Yeah? It's God that will carry things out. If we go back to verse 2, it says, For they shall soon be cut down. Soon. And that kind of tells you that God's timing is his timing. Yeah? In many parts of the Bible, it's like, soon the Lord will do this. Or just a little bit of time, and then you realize that, oh, we're dealing with God here, who, <laughs> whose timing is not our timing. And, and he's already told us that sometimes we have to wait. Verse 9, that, the second part. But those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Inheritance of the earth. Doesn't that remind you of someone? And that's Jesus, the Beatitudes. Yeah, Matthew chapter 5. He says, the meek shall inherit the earth. Okay, just looking now at judgment. So now we're just looking at inheritance and judgment. And I've already mentioned one there in regards to verse 2 and verse 9 there. But in regards to verse 9, if we look at verse 9, it says, For evildoers shall be cut, for evildoers shall be cut off. Sorry, if we look at verse, verse 11, my mistake, verse 11, it says, But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Once again, that's a reminder of what Jesus said in regards to the meek inheriting the earth. And shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. And it's only God that can give you that peace. We, if we, we should be reminded of the words of Jesus that says, my peace I, get, I leave with you. Not the peace that the world gives you, but his peace. Because in this world, he said we, to his disciples, you will have trouble. But to take heart that he has overcome the world. And then it's through his, Jesus' peace that we find the true peace. And we'll have abundance of peace. Because of that which is coming. And it says here, inherit the earth. And we know that in Revelations, it speaks about there being a new heaven and a new earth. So God will carry that out, and he shall bring that to pass. If we look at verse 13, it says, The Lord laughs at him 
for he sees that his day is coming. I don't know about you, but I have no idea what kind of life this is. But this is the Lord in regards to the wicked. The Lord laughs at him. We're reminding Psalm 2, it says, in regards to the Lord laughing also. I'm not really, I wouldn't want to know what that's like. <laughs> yeah? And it's, and it's more specific in regards to he sees that his day is coming in speaking about the wicked. That's, that should remind us that, no, God will do, carry out what he will do. And if we look at verse 9, sorry, not verse 9, I did it again. <laughs> verse 10. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. Yeah? It's going to come a time when no more wickedness. For what they carry out, God will bring it to pass. He will bring judgment upon it. Yet, once again, yet a little while. Yeah, but Lord, when, when? When? Revelations chapter 6, verse 9 to 11. The souls of the saints under the altar. Lord, when would you bring you know, justice for, for that which was committed against us. I mean, that is a, a mind-boggling thing for me to think that there are people who, who have gone before us who are waiting even more for God to carry out his justice. And he says here, he's using that language, for yet a little while. And we know that with the Lord, you know, a day... Is not in comparison to what we know that to be. But when the Lord comes, he shall carry out what he is going to carry out in regards to inheritance, in what they, those of his, his children shall inherit, and also in regards to judgment. That's on both sides. So, like I said, there's three things to consider. Do not fret in regards to those passages, in not, ref not being angered, vexed, frustrated. And then we have the lifestyle of the righteous and the wicked. How you behave, how you live. You know, do you, for those who believe in God, do you trust God? Is he faithful? We sang the song. All my life, he has been faithful. Has he been faithful, really? And then we can see that because David talks about it. He mentions it. And he says he's been young. And now he's old. For those of us who are a little bit older and older in age, can, can we say that about God? Can we say that, you know what, God has been faithful. 
He has actually been really good to me. For those of us who are young are probably thinking, ah, oh, gosh, when will this guy ever end? <laughs> yeah, because we're thinking about, yeah, because we're young. The energy. As soon as you start to get older and your body starts to talk to you and say, hey, not today. When you get older and your energy starts to go and then you have to question, wow, I can't do that anymore. But then can we say that God has been faithful? You know, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, begging for bread. God takes care of his descendants. Can you say that now that you're not so young in years? Can you say that? It's often said that sometimes when you get older, you can get grumpy and irritated. But can we say as Christians, no, God has been faithful. He is good to me. Can we say that? So we've got God talking about not fretting, the lifestyle of the righteous and the wicked. And we've also got inheritance and judgment. More in specific, if we look at from verse 39, it says, but the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them, verse 40, and the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. There it is again, trust. Trust in the Lord. Yeah? Those who, who know that God has delivered them through a particular thing, I know God, God can do it again. You know, I trust in the Lord. He shall deliver me. He's not taken us out amongst those who are wicked and evil because he still wants to save people who are wicked and evil. Because for those of us who were once wicked and evil, we know what that's like when we find the joy of the Lord. And we should, we should be praying for those others who are yet to be saved, for them to know the salvation. It says the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. It comes from God. Righteousness comes from God. Salvation comes from God. And we know that because he gave us his righteousness, which is Christ. One thing I want to, in, in, as we come closer to the end, is just, present to you that in this psalm we can see two types of people like I said in regards to their being righteous and wicked for those of you who are righteous we should be meek this is what it calls us, we're meek upright the poor, the needy and that doesn't have to be poor because of finance the poor the needy, we should know that because Jesus said, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. The righteous, free from guilt and sin, blessed by him. Good people, saints, the blameless. Imagine that. God calls you blameless. They've got nothing on you. That's amazing. Like I said, he started that with Abraham. 
And the time when he spoke to Abraham, Abraham had been a bit shifty in many respects, but God, God used him because it wasn't about Abraham. It was about God fulfilling his promise through him, in which he did, and which he does for us, if you think about your life up till now. That's the righteous. And this, once again, this is what God says about the righteous. You can just listen. Don't fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. Trusting the Lord, dwell in the land, feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the new day. Rest in the Lord. Cease from anger. Forsake wrath. Do not fret once again. Wait on him. Just a little while and the wicked shall be no more. The meek shall inherit the earth. Once again, Jesus said that. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The Lord knows the days of the upright, and the inheritance and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time. Yeah? Even when things are not always so great, God will take care of us. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Though he fall, he shall not utterly cast down, utterly be cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Once again, if you've been, if you've been, if you're young, and now you're, but now you're old, never seen the righteous forsaken, his descendants begging for bread. Are you ever merciful? Do you lend? The Lord loves justice. This is for the righteous. If we go to the, those who are considered evil, this is for the Lord save people and save us all. Evildoers, workers of iniquity, the wicked, bad, enemies of the Lord. We were once enemies of God, it says, but we are now no more enemies of God. But there are still people who are enemies of God. They consider themselves, oh, I'm a, more or less a good person. If you have no righteousness from Christ, you are an enemy of God. Cursed by God. Transgressors. Or transgressors, sorry, my language. Evildoers. Workers of iniquity. They their sword shall enter their own heart and their bow shall be broken. The arms of the wicked shall be broken. The enemies of the Lord, like splendor of the meadows, shall vanish. Into the smoke they shall vanish away. They have a time where it looks like it's all prosperous and it's all nice. And it can be even visually impressive. But God will still bring that to an end in his time. It's not for us to be envious of those who are wicked. And the Lord help us with that. The day of the Lord is coming. That's what he says. He shall carry it out. And like I said, in verse 39, it talks about salvation. It's 
the salvation of the righteous, righteous sorry, is from the Lord. Even the, those who are righteous need salvation. That's because it's not, it's not our doing. It's the grace and mercy of God that he's given unto us. And we know that it's because of Christ. If you don't have Christ, you need the righteousness of God, which comes from Christ. Because no man is righteous in his sight. Let's pray. Lord, we just praise you and thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for being reminded of your word. We thank you that we are the righteous for those who believe in you and trust in what it is that you are prepared to give to whosoever wishes to believe. We thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you that we shouldn't be envious of those who are doing evil and seem like they're getting away with it. Lord, help us, as you said to Abraham, to walk before you and be blameless. Lord, help us to be of such people. Help us to be trusting in you in order that you would uphold us in all our ways, to commit our ways to you, Lord Jesus. But at the same time, help us to be prepared to give an answer for the hope that we have to those who are not on the right path, that they may be saved out of your coming judgment, which shall come. So Lord, let your word be with us today and help us to continue to have many things to be thankful to you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.